This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Some big-time trades going down in the NFL today in South Beach. The Miami Dolphins moving and shaking. Up the draft board, down the draft board, back up the draft board again. (laughs) It's really been an incredible day as far as the NFL is concerned. Have you guys noticed in this offseason as we do these shows... Always on a Friday, stuff seems to drop. Yeah. It's like the NFL loves to do the news drop Friday. Really was it, quick. Was it last Friday that it was the yeah. Juju and yeah. the Nelson Steve Nelson stuff. news? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it happened. It's kind of crazy. Like, me producing for Stan Saverin, like, he brings in Matt Williamson at 120 every Friday, right? And I and this it happened last week. Right before he brought Matt in, the Juju news and the uh, and the Nelson news happened. And then today, the, the blockbuster trade happens. You know, everybody's moving around. And there it was twice in the interview, Stan had to cut Matt off and let him know, hey, this trade just went down. I don't know. I think Stan's got to bring Matt on more. Maybe we have more to talk about. What a guest to have on, too, when <laughs> some things are going crazy in the NFL. But the Dolphins originally were picking number three in this coming NFL draft, and that is the number one pick of the Houston Texans Mm -hmm. that the Dolphins received in the trade with the Texans prior to this season. Uh, So they trade back to the San Francisco Finers number 12 pick Niners moving up to number three. The interesting part about this trade, there was some later round picks swapped as well, but the Niners sent the Dolphins two future first round picks, the 2022 and the 2023 first round pick to jump up to number three. Now, this is where things get really savvy, and, you know, if you've ever seen the movie Draft Day, maybe Kevin Costner's running things in Miami right now. But the Dolphins then used one of the picks that the Niners sent them in next year's draft. So the Niners' first-round pick next year. So the Dolphins – or, excuse me, the Dolphins' first-round pick in next year's draft. So the Dolphins hold on to the Niners' first-round pick. And that's, I think, a smart move because you expect the Niners to be worse than the Dolphins, at least if you're the Dolphins' GM. And – they use that to trade back into the top 10 with the Philadelphia Eagles, who were picking six. So the Dolphins now, after being third, <laughs> dropping back to 12th, bounce back up to number six, and the Eagles instead get the Dolphins' 2022 first-round pick, which the Dolphins don't really need anymore because they have the Niners' first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And they just move back and get to pick in the top 15 of this draft as well, which, by the way... If you were wondering about teams and their confidence in their quarterbacks, the Dolphins and the Eagles just put some pretty big stamps of approval on theirs right there. Yes, they did. And to start there, you know, I think that's a huge endorsement by, I mean, first and foremost, the Dolphins on Tua. And the Eagles a lot. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, that's where I was going. I just think, you know, I I do still believe that the jury's still out on Tua. I will say, you know, with the injury that he came into the NFL with, I mean, not an easy injury to overcome – Um, But I didn't think he was terrible. Um, I just think the Dolphins need to open up the offense more for Tua. And I don't think we've seen the best of Tua Tagovailoa, put it that way. Um, But it is a huge boat of confidence by the Dolphins. And I think the same can be said for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, You know, I think, you know, I liked what I saw from Jalen Hurts, even though it was only, what, four games at the end of the year where he really started. Um, But he played really good in those games. But, yeah, those two teams, like you said, Tom, they are – saying we have our guy, we're not going after a quarterback here. And I think the reverse can be said about the Niners. Now, granted, I don't know that for certain, but why would you give up that capital? Why would you go to number three 
if you were happy with your quarterback, right? It only seems like they're going to try to take a quarterback at three. No, I think there's no question. You don't move up in this draft if you're the Niners to take somebody else. Uh, I, I think you can kind of wait that out at number 12 and still get a pretty damn good player. Or yeah. you don't have to sacrifice as much and move up. But they clearly think that at number three, whoever's left between Lawrence, Wilson, uh, and then I guess Fields would be the number three guy. Uh, or if they the like Lance. Three, or if they like Lance, but you wouldn't have to move up that aggressively for one of those guys, I would think. But I, That's I why the move puzzles me is because I think everyone's saying the top two guys are Lawrence and – and oh my gosh, uh, the kid Zach from Wilson. BYU, yeah, let Zach me, Wilson. And let me tell you something really quick. I don't know if you've seen the you guys. Oh, I've seen the throw. The yeah, pro day today that Wilson had. Like he has one throw that's all over the internet where he throws it across his body like he's 65 falling yards yeah. in the air. Unbelievable. He's gonna be the number two pick. That that's so that's why. The type of stuff. So why not? Think, if you don't, those guys are gonna be the top two guys, and it seems that everyone else could just be. You know, maybe their NFL talent, but it seems like everyone's saying that Lawrence and Wilson are the guys that are going to be NFL standouts. You don't think there's any chance the Jets take a Sewell, the tackle from Oregon with the number two pick and just go so with Darnold? Dale and Matt were, tell- were talking on the drive today, and they said that the media hype around Sam Darnold is not shared by NFL teams. The- For some reason, the media likes to think that Darnold is a capable starting quarterback. Other teams in the NFL, or maybe even the Jets even, don't share that opinion. So I don't think the Jets are going to be okay with sticking with Darnold. I mean, yes, you would be doing him a favor by drafting Penny Sewell to bolster that offensive line, but I, I just I think they would much rather go with a guy like Zach Wilson, and we've seen that in the past where where teams with quarterbacks already, young quarterbacks for that matter, will just say if we have the opportunity to get the next best guy, we're going to go get him. And if the the Jets are sitting there at two and they want a quarterback, there should be nothing stopping them from getting Zach Wilson. And I don't, so I don't understand the move by San Francisco because I think the only two, it seems that the only two guarantees in this draft are Wilson and Lawrence. And if you move up to three, you're not going to get one of them. Yeah, I think there's still a huge risk sitting behind the Jets at number two if your guy is Zach Wilson. I think yeah. the team you wanted to target with one of these trades wasn't the Dolphins, it was the Jets, if that was your intention of making sure that you at least get him. Because, yeah, I agree, Jacob. I think there is probably a little bit more media hype around Darnold than there is uh, around the NFL or how NFL GMs view him. So. I think that if you're going to get Zach Wilson, he's your guy. You got to get in front of the Jets at the number two overall pick. So they're still sitting at a point where they could have sacrificed some big time pieces in the future by giving up two future first round picks to move up and potentially get a guy like maybe Justin Fields, who I don't think is as a slam as a slam dunk. And this is funny because I thought he was getting a little disrespected getting into this off season as the draft approached and pro days around the country got underway. But Seems like Zach Wilson, by every measurable standard, is testing better than Justin Fields. So I just don't know if you would really mortgage all of this future just to go after, you know, maybe lightning in a bottle with a guy like Fields or a guy like Lance. It's it's really puzzling from that Niners perspective, and especially because they said that they're not moving on from Jimmy G. Yeah. After they moved up in the draft, they said, we're not moving on from Jimmy G. He is the future of the team at the quarterback position. But 
you don't sacrifice first round picks the next couple of years when you have your quarterback and you could use those picks to build around them. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, it's weird, but I mean, why else would you trade up 10 or three, right? Like we talked about where were they sitting before? What would you say it was? Uh, they were 12, before. 12. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're going to get a wide receiver or an offensive lineman or hell, even a running back, they, they, you know, you're going to get a good one at number 12. I mean, they're, they're, they might not be the exact guy you want, but is it worth giving up that much capital so much, yeah. in order to get the guy that you want when you can still get a first-round talent, obviously, at number 12? You know, a guy that's ready to play right now. Um, so, again, that's what makes me think, like, this has to be for a quarterback. I mean, why else would you go up to number three? And, and I mean, let's be honest here. There might be a stretch here where – Quarterbacks get taken, boom, 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 right in a row. Um, we've seen that so many times. Yeah. I mean, I know this isn't the same thing, but think about in a fantasy football draft, right? Like, as just, soon as one team takes a quarterback or a tight everybody end, starts thinking about it, one, right? Two, three, four could take the four. It, it could, and, and, and they I mean, all need it, right? And on the top Falcons of that, maybe less so than everybody, but still. yeah. But I mean, they're going to need one at some point. But like when you see, I mean, I know that you know fantasy football isn't exactly the same thing, but. You know, once you see, it's say, your buddy concept, takes a, yeah. a running back or whatever, you're thinking, oh, crap, I don't have a, I don't have a running back yet. Maybe I got to start thinking about that. Don't think that that, you know, that thought process doesn't run through NFL GM's heads like, right. oh, he took a quarterback or this team took a quarterback in front of us. Well, we need a quarterback. Should we start thinking about quarterback? That's why if you look at the draft, there's kind of patterns to it. And I, sure. I do think that, again, if the Niners are thinking quarterback, which is what I believe this this move is for. Um, they're trying to get on that train. They're trying to not be on the outside looking in because, you know, the, the top five guys could go, like you said, Tom, right in a row. Then the Niners yeah. are like, well, crap, we don't have it. We, we can't get a quarterback that we want. So, so you don't think there's any chance that they moved up for, like, maybe a Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, like any of those guys? Why, you think the Niners need Kyle Pitts when they already That's have? That's a good point. I just shouldn't have said Kyle Pitts, yeah. but Jalen Waddle or sure. Devontae Smith. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know who their receivers are, but. If they are committed to. Yeah. Jimmy G, like I don't they buy say that, they are, though. and they sign Trent Williams back. Maybe you move up to get Penny Sewell, and now you have two great tackles, one young, one older. So I mean, I here, here's my question. So is a tackle if, worth three future first, two future no. first round picks? If, if they really believe that Jimmy G is their guy, why make this move? I think that I think that that's was just lip service, probably. That's what I'm saying. So I think that has to be kind of just to tie to over Jimmy G and, and the surrounding news or any buzz surrounding his name. And I think, without a doubt, you don't make this move unless it's for a quarterback when you have a quarterback class like this. I mean, there are years when you have a quarterback classes and there are years when you don't. And in the years that you do, like Kellen said, as soon as you see one go, they all start to fall. And right now there are, what, four guys that we talk about, maybe five if you want to include Mac Jones, that are – first round caliber players and Mac Jones is, is kind of that outlier. It's those four, it's those first four that everyone's kind of in on it and saying that could go in the top 10, if not the top four. And so San Francisco to, by moving to three, they're absolutely considering taking a quarterback here. So what's going to happen to Jimmy G what's going to be the fallout from that? Well, looking at things from the other side of the trade, the Miami dolphins oh. are stacked right now <laughs> for the next, how many number years. one picks do they have still? Well, I'll go through it here. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins' picks for the next three years, these are the first three rounds only. In 2021, this year, this coming draft, they have the first-round pick at number six via the Eagles. They have the 18th pick in the first round. Uh, they have two second-round picks, number 36, one via Houston. Uh, second-round pick, 
uh, at number 50 as well. And in the third round, they pick at number 81. So they have five picks in the top 100 in this year's draft. In 2022, they just have the one first-round pick that they got from the San Francisco 49ers in this trade today. They have a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and another third-round pick that they also got from the Niners. And then in 2023, they have their first-round pick, a first-round pick from San Francisco, a second- and a third-round pick. So they at least have four picks in the top 100 for the next three drafts. So the Dolphins could really build an absolute machine here and keep it going for four or five years before they really even have to pay anybody because guys that they would have to pay from this 2021-year draft, they might be able to replace with guys that they draft in the 2023 draft. Mm -hmm. So they can really build this thing up around Tua if it – pans out with to a dynasty the seeds of a dynasty have been planted or at least they have the assets needed to build a machine of yeah. nature i mean they could definitely build around them and they've proven hey we think very highly of tua because we've traded you know our pick away we're not going to be in the quarterback sweepstakes um so i mean to put in perspective real quick that's five first round picks in the next three drafts for for the dolphins that's really good um really really good um, so, yeah, I mean, they definitely have the capital in order to build around a guy like Tua. And if Tua is as good as they think that he is, and obviously they think very highly of him, this could be a very good football team. I mean, and then in the, as soon as this year, I mean, they were good mm-hmm. last year, to be honest with you. I mean, they were just, what, one win away from getting into the playoffs last I mean, year. Ten and six. That don't You don't get into the playoffs unless it's the most crowded playoff field you could have. And right. They, I they, mean, were, they were right there. Right. They were a game out. So, that gives you an indication like this team, I mean, especially with five first round picks in the next three years, they're not going to go away. I mean, and, and as you said, Tom, what they have five uh, picks in the top 100 this year. Um, that's really good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely have the ability to do it. And it's smart on their part. They're just accumulating first rounders. You got to think, I mean, this started at what, two years ago with, with Mika Fitzpatrick and the Steelers. The Steelers gave a first round pick away. They got one there, too. So, I mean, they've been building this thing for, for a while now. I got to think that they did it or excuse me, they're targeting a playmaker over the top kind of guy for the offense with this number six pick in the first round this year. Maybe Waddle, maybe Waddle, maybe Smith, maybe Chase. Either way, one of those three, I think, are going to be sitting there. Uh, I've got another team that I don't know if they need Pitts because they have Gasicki right now. Uh, It's different question between Pitts and Gasicki as far as Pitts and George Kittle is concerned. But I think either way, one of the big four receiving threats, whether it be Waddle, Smith, Chase, or Pitts, one of those will be there at number six. It'd be impossible for them not to be in my mind. So. Right, especially if there's that run of quarterbacks. And there is an outside shot that maybe Penny Sewell, the top tackle in yeah. this draft, falls to you at number six, and then you can scoop him up there, yeah. and then all of a sudden you've got your protector for Tua for the rest of his career if things pan out the way that you hope they would. So I think the Dolphins are sitting really pretty right now. They do need that over-the-top kind of playmaker on the offense. Sure. They need that guy that's going to be a star, really. I don't know if I they mean, really maybe have they a already, star. Maybe they already have him. With who? At quarterback. With Tua? Well, maybe. I think as far as like a receiver. Re- okay, that, a specialty player, yeah. Devontae Parker, I mean, he's, he's fine. pretty good. So I think it's, it's good that they made these moves. I think they come out on top out of all three of these teams involved between Philly, Miami, and San Francisco. The unfortunate thing is because I like their receivers. I do like Devontae Parker. I really think, and they just signed Will Fuller. Let's not forget. 
I do think where they need help the most is running back. Miles Gaskin is is just not the guy, but they pick at six, and you're not going to take a Najee Harris or a or a Javante Williams at six, right? That's that's no, a little no, hot. No. That's way too high, and so you they know pick again at eighteen. There, there you go. There you go. So you can add you can add Javante Williams. You can add Najee Harris at eighteen. And you can still get a guy like Penny Sewell to lock up your offensive line or Kyle Pitts or Jav- Devontae Smith or Jalen Wallace. It doesn't matter. I mean, they have the opportunity to really become one of the better offenses in the NFL this year. No question about that. And it really all predicates on if Tua can really take that yep. next step, though. I mean, if two, if they hand the keys to Tua and he really flusters or flubs it up in his second season in yep. the NFL – and it doesn't matter all the shiny toys that right, they get right. in. It doesn't matter that they now have Jamar Chase on the outside and Najee Harris in the backfield with him. Uh, it's not going to make any kind of a difference. They'll be competitive, I'm sure, and they sure. can scrape by with an average quarterback. But unless you got the guy that's going to play top 10 or at least trend in the direction of a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, it doesn't matter what you're going to put around them. You're just going to be mediocre at best. And I think that's the biggest. And I know that the Dolphins don't see Tua as a question mark. And They and don't. They gave him a big boat Obviously, they today. don't. Yeah. It's a huge right. boat of confidence. I do think that, that Tua is still a little bit of a question mark, though. Like I said, you didn't see a whole lot from him last year. There wasn't many times. And again, I think his injury played into this. But, you know, there weren't many times where he ran and he, you know, he utilized his legs the way he did in college. And um, you didn't see him throw the ball downfield that much. No, granted, is that because they didn't have that over-the-top threat that maybe they're going to get in this draft? Maybe. Um, you know, that could be part of it. But at the same time, I do think that he still has a lot to prove, although it doesn't matter what I think because the Dolphins just gave him a huge bow to confidence. Definitely. Yeah, yeah no question about it. Uh, the third team, third leg of this trade, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, not really getting much in it, just moving back and I guess acquiring another first round pick next year, which yeah. is going to be good for them because they are in the asset <laughs> collection business now as well. Um, they move back to 12, though. We mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the biggest thing that is, is it indicates that they are pretty sure that Jalen Hurts is their guy in Philadelphia. At least for this year. Yeah, and, you know, this is a pretty decent quarterback class, and they were sitting at number six, which is a spot that's flirting with a Trey Lance maybe falling down there, uh, maybe a Justin Fields falling down there. Who knows who's going to fall? Even a Zach Wilson maybe on draft day falls down to them. At least you're in the mix for one of these quarterbacks. They decided to pass. They said, hey – Trey Lance, uh, most likely person to fall to the number six spot. Justin Fields, we think we got a guy in Jalen Hurts that's at least better than both of you, so we will trade our way out of this top ten and probably go with, I hope, a wide receiver. Here's the thing that's interesting, though. The Eagles have been struggling to get wide receivers in for Carson Wentz. It's been well known that the biggest problem with him was maybe not his play, but the play of the players around him. Or lack thereof, for that matter. They're in a spot, like we just talked about the Dolphins, where one of the top four pass catchers is going to be sitting there if you're the Eagles at number six and you kept that pick. It's no question about it. It'd be impossible for one of them not to be there. Now you're at number 12, and Pitts and Chase and Smith and Waddle could all be off the board at that point. And you just got to wonder if we're going to see history repeat itself with Jalen Hurts, and they're going to not draft well as far as weapons around him are concerned. Yeah, and, and I mean, that that's very real. I mean, number 12, like all the those top three guys could be gone. 
Um, but, you know, when you really shake it out, if, you know, say three or four quarter, just say three to be safe, quarterbacks come off in the top ten or whatever it is. There's three down. Someone's going to take a couple linemen. You might – someone's going to take a receiver in there too. You might you'll, – you'll probably you still have – might see a chase, maybe a Smith. Yeah, you'll maybe. probably still have one of them there. And if one of them are there, that's your guy. That's your slam dunk, uh, yeah. That's your slam dunk. But there is a real possibility that none of them are there. Um, you know, and at the same time, I mean, the Eagles need a lot of things. They don't just mm-hmm. need wide receiver help. They need a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, so I don't really know if there's a wrong way you can go about it. Um, but I do think, like you, to your point, Tom, that I, I do think that they desperately need some wide receiver help. Um, you know, getting one early and controlling him for four years could definitely, you know, be the way to go. But if one of those four aren't there, they, they got a lot of problems. I mean, they, they could draft anything and it would be an upgrade. Definitely. I mean, this is a team out of the three that I have the least confidence in in terms of how they'll handle this these first round trades really? wow. between these three teams. I mean, just how far they've fallen from really winning that Super Bowl yeah. and then setting themselves up to look like maybe a dynasty in the making to now firing Doug Peterson and moving on from Carson Wentz. Right. And being left with next and to nothing. And being the else. one in Jacob's yeah. mind as being the <laughs> least capable. I think of that's the most. I think that's picks. the most damning. I think everyone nationwide can agree. My opinion. He doesn't trust you with your draft no. picks. That's that's a huge damning statement that you just lobbied on the Eagles right there. Well, here's here's the reason why is because Miami, Miami is is odd because they've always kind of been in the hunt, and yet it's just unfortunate last year how. We pointed out that they weren't even a fringe playoff team. They were ten and six. It's just so unfortunate that they didn't get in. It wasn't that they were eight and eight or nine and seven or even seven and nine, flirting with a bad conference and possibly getting in, like we saw at the NFC East last year. This was a good team, and San Francisco has done pretty well in the pretty well in the draft. I mean, their best pick recently has to be a uh, uh, Nick Bosa that they selected, I believe, third overall. Uh, I, I just don't know what has been going on in Philly, but yeah, ever since that Super Bowl loss, they have not been able to recover. Super Bowl win. Super Bowl win. Yeah. Felt like a even, loss. It wasn't even it a felt, loss. Felt like a, a loss the way we've been talking about no, It wasn't even a loss. It was a win, but it is just interesting to see how far that they have fallen. But yeah, as far as the winner of this trade, and Kellen kind of touched on this a little earlier, but the winner of the big trade is the Dolphins, I think. Definitely. I think that they're Without the question. team that looks the best out of this. Just because they I, they also got the most out of it, too. They, they've set themselves up not just for this year, but years later. Yeah, and out of the three quarterbacks that we're talking about, Jimmy G, Jalen Hurts, Tua, which one would you put your trust in? Right now, I would say not Jalen Hurts. I think I like Tua more so. It's so interesting because maybe it's Jimmy G uh, as far as that's. Well, that's what I said. I just do, I trust. don't think it's Jalen Hurts. I I could go back and forth between Jimmy G and Tua. I don't know. I I I, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, you know, we're kind of saying that the Niners are going to take a quarterback here, and we think that's so their mode. Like Jimmy G, yeah. But at the same time, let's not forget they were in the Super Bowl. What? Two years ago, or three years right. ago, whatever it is now. I, I mean, let's let's, Jimmy G, yeah. let's not forget that. I mean, this guy has been to a Super Bowl. I mean, maybe it is just based on that, like, experience alone. That's the guy you trust the most. But if you're the Niners, and like we keep talking about, if you trade up to three, what what else are you doing but taking a quarterback? Right? I mean, that has uh-huh. to be the, the thinking, um, or at least that has to be something that, that's running through their heads right now. Um, I guess if you if you ask me that, I guess I'm trusting Jimmy G more, but that doesn't 
really speak well because the Niners right. don't feel that so, way. Okay, but here's the thing now. So I'm glad you said that because, yeah, I agree that the Niners are going to take a quarterback. Does that mean that they're going to sit on Jimmy G as well this year and they're going to go with the rookie and Jimmy Garoppolo? Mm. Or does Jimmy G all of a sudden become fair game on an open market? Is there a team out there, maybe the New England Patriots, that would come mm. knocking mm-hmm. and maybe float a couple picks out at the Niners? You know, the Niners are desperate for a first-round pick now. They just traded a couple away right. to move up. Maybe Bill Belichick doesn't need his 2022 first-round pick. Yeah. He'll give you 2022 first-round pick straight up for Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't need him anymore. You got a no. new rookie quarterback. Right. And what did I – you know, I think it was the last uh, the last time we did these, maybe it was on Wednesday uh, or Thursday. Maybe it was – I didn't even remember what day it was when I said <laughs> it. All but blends together. I, I said don't, don't sleep on the fact that the Jimmy G trade could still really happen. Right. And this all of a sudden opens up, you know, 130 different scenarios for Jimmy G. Where could he go? Um, but I think the most attractive one and the most – the one with the most legs – is the New England Patriots because of the history there. Um, and on top of that, I mean, the, they have some space to move some stuff around to do the Patriots. I mean, we saw all the moves that they've made. Um, you know, if they can, you know, and I know that we said if Cam Newton just plays average, they're probably going to be really competitive. But why not bring somebody in who has experience, who has played in a Super Bowl, who was originally with your franchise, mm. and, and just to push Cam Newton. And if Cam Newton, you know, isn't or if he's kind of if he looks like what he did last year if he gets beaten out in camp well all of a sudden you know like we're not stricken for cap space like we'll pay him but you know he's gone after this year so you know i mean i do think it would be a good scenario for for either guy because one way or the other you're going to know you know who's the rising who's the rising player i should say who's the better player because they're both going to push each other um you know and, and if that were to happen i would probably bet that it would be Jimmy G that would get the starting job in New England. Hmm. It would be crazy if it that was. is how this whole saga played out, that Jimmy G would end up back, back. on yeah. the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick. And we talked about how this past year wasn't a good indication of how good the Patriots could be without Tom Brady. People were looking to see, oh, who will do better, Belichick or Brady? Who's the more integral piece? And it's not fair to compare the Patriots from 2020 because they were without so many people, and Cam Newton was distraught with COVID, and he didn't really, he wasn't really the same player when he came back. So with Jimmy G, a guy that took a team to the Super Bowl two years ago, I could easily see him saying, "Let's get down to business. Let's build Belichick this team, and let's let's go back to the Super Bowl. Let's let's not skip a beat." Yeah, I. Other teams out there that Jimmy G might end up landing in probably depends on the team that maybe was interested in a quarterback in this draft and maybe they miss out on them. Like maybe mm-hmm. a team like the Carolina Panthers sitting at number eight, maybe hoping a Trey Lance would fall to them. Maybe he doesn't make it past uh, seven picks in the draft and they're left standing there with either Teddy Bridgewater or potentially maybe a new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. So I yeah. think that that market is certainly going to be interesting. But that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. On the next episode of Steelers Standard, we've been saying it on a lot of episodes, but you have a chance to nominate who you think is going into the Steelers Hall of Honor. Uh, We did an episode about this last week, players that we think deserve recognition and might be worthy of nominees. Some guys we left off that list that we should talk about, uh, as well as some guys that came before our times that we should give their pub if you would like to nominate them as well. So that's on the next episode of Steelers Standard. 
For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gersky, I'm Tom Opperman. We'll talk to you on the next episode.